Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent and I take you until noon, 20 minutes or so. Zubin Mahente from ESPN will join the program. Working on Nate Toit from the Des Moines Buccaneers, uh, scheduled to join us at this time. Hopefully he'll be able to uh, do so here in the next few minutes, but I'm sure they've got a lot going on. My guess is insurance uh, people have made their way to the barn uh, they got to try and put uh, come up with a plan how they're going to pull this off because I know they had training camp last week or some kind of rookie camp, but uh, hockey's not um, uh, that far off. I think it's late September, early October that they start playing in the USHL. Here's a story that just broke on the uh, Des Moines Register. Rika Basu posted it. It's an exclusive interview uh, with Sonia Heitzusen from uh, who was uh, with Channel 13 for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think was she five or. One of the others before she got to 13. I just know where it's 13. Right. It's been, she was there a long time. Anyways, um, she was let go. Uh, we, we knew that, you know, there was a, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago on a Friday, it was all of a sudden put out there, uh, made public that this was going to be her last newscast, dot, dot, dot. I guess she was, um, in, at least she believes, uh, she was given the Heidi Soliday treatment, like Channel 8 did Heidi Soliday a few years ago when she started to get, I and at an advanced stage for women on TV, mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Um, that's why apparently Heidi, there was a settlement there between her and uh, Channel 8. Uh, now Sonia Heights is not going quietly at uh, from um, from Channel 13. She says she was fired for being in her 50s. Mm, yeah. Not for anything she did. I mean, she was just winning awards, uh, apparently, uh, for her journalism. And uh, no one ever criticized her work, but... She is um, got an attorney, and I don't think we've heard the end of this. As Sonia Heitzusen was let go at Channel Thirteen for what she believes was age discrimination. Yeah, that's always a scary proposition, and when you hear these kind of things happen, and and going down those roads where well, it's something that don't have to really worry about as a male, at least yeah, that's as true. often. That's true. Mm-hmm. You, you just you don't see it. On the male side, that mm-hmm. you do on the women's side, nope. but to think that this never happens, come on, don't oh, put your head. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, it's obviously wrong, and I'm glad she's speaking up. And yes. I hope she, I hope she uh, takes it's the next star that owns them. I believe it is. Okay, I hope she um, she wins her case. Yeah, she's got an attorney. That's the reason for it. Absolutely. Uh, you can read the story at DesMoinsRegister.com. Rika Basu did it. Uh, she, uh, Sonia Heitz is 53 years old and was informed in April that her contract would not be renewed. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Anyways, so uh, we're um, hopefully going to have Nate Toyd if we don't get him tomorrow. Uh, but we're, by the way, going to talk some hockey with you out. So when Princeton would be left alone to man the ship when you were working with him, would he do like a whole NBA segment? No, no, I, I would never allow that. But you weren't there when he was no, on no, vacation. I, I would put things in the can. Oh, you would. So we, that's we how do you do the best it. of. <laughs> okay. There is absolutely, I shouldn't say that. There might have been a time or two. And you know what? When I go away, let it happen. Well, Whatever's happening. 
Let it happen. Well, that's why I'm going to do a, a big uh, NHL segment tomorrow. That, for the hockey fans it. in the audience, uh, Joe O'Donnell, I'm trying to get uh, a guy I've never spoken with before who I think works his tail off in this market. Uh, John Schaefer from Channel oh, 5. Yeah. John's a great guy. I've never met him. I know he's a big hockey fan. Mm-hmm. I, see, I, I follow him on Twitter. I see him on Twitter a lot. He's seemingly at every local event. He is. I, but I, he's I, lost to Channel 5, right? Yeah. I see him every year, state tournaments, get a chance to talk to him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Last year at state softball, I talked to him for a real long time. This year at state baseball for a while. He's a real fun guy to is have he? on. Yeah. And, yeah. You're right, though. It just think of the amount of talent that's come through Channel Five. Yeah. Why do you have any idea? You've been in this market a lot longer than I have, yeah, but not the right guy to ask because I don't watch local news. But you have your ear to the. Is there a reason for it? Because I know years ago Channel Five that was the AIM station, mm-hmm. and is that why it never had? The- you know, it's a good question, Trent. Um, you know, they who would be somebody that would know. Well, Ray Cole look, probably would. If he, well, Ray Cole, yeah, because he ran the ship over there. But, right. but look at the um, the broadcast, right? I don't know how long. They seemingly were the last of the three. To get to HD. Yeah, and to get to some of the bells and whistles sure. that make the shine a little bit more. But they sure as hell had the talent. Yeah. I mean, that's where Keith Murphy started. Right. John Walters. Uh-huh. Zubin Mahente. Uh-huh. See him on ESPN. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, next week, you'll hear him on ESPN you're here Radio. ESPN Radio. He's right. just, the talent that has gone through there. When I do catch local broadcasts and I see them, they always seem to do a good job. Mm, Brad Edwards, the yeah. meteorologist, wins awards all the time. He's excellent. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I, I'm not knocking. I mean, I like Ed Wilson. Ed Wilson's right. been on TV since I moved here, I think. Honest to God. I mean, he's been on TV a long time doing the weather. Uh, and you can trust him. And it's, it's one of those faces and voices, you know, that if it's a big weather system, uh, you're going to tune in. But, yeah, they've got some talent over at Channel 5. Well, I'm going to try and reach out to him. I've never spoken with him. I'm going to call him at... Uh, Oh, as soon as we get off the air and see if we can have him in. And if you're a hockey fan, tomorrow is going to be your morning. I know it starts today. They'll be for the series. They'll have a game, including those Blackhawks. I should pick against them just for the Blackhawks. You fans. better do that, yeah. I probably should. Oh, they're going to get swept. Uh, because every time I pick against them, they advance. Nate Toit joins us. Speaking of hockey, was not a good day yesterday at Buccaneer Arena. Uh, Nate, the president of the Boyne Buccaneers, joins us. Nate, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Nate Toit. Uh, good to talk to you in these difficult times for the building. It's such a, look, it's antiquated, it's old, but you know what? It's got character like so few of them do anymore, Nate Toit. I love the place. I know you do too. Uh, were you there when the, I want to get this pronunciation of this right. Derecho hit. Were you there? Derecho. Derecho. Yeah. Another, yep. another word that uh, we're learning that we never it's, thought. It's a good would be point. Insane, right. Yep. yep. Basically, a, a hurricane force winds here in the Midwest. But yeah, I was here. Um, as a matter of fact, I was uh, I was standing outside the building when it was moving in. I was on the phone with my wife. We live out in Waukee, and she was giving me a heads up on it. So. Um, luckily for us, though, uh, the main thing is, is that everybody that was in the building, uh, was safe. Um, obviously from the pictures that I think a lot of people have seen, um, uh, there's a lot of damage, uh, with the roof and, and there were some cars that were damaged and everything else, but, uh, it could have been, it could have been a lot worse, uh, from the standpoint that nobody got injured. So we're very happy with that. Uh, no doubt. So how long of a project does it look like you guys have in front of you? getting this thing back up and running and, and hockey season right around the corner. I know you got players that are in town getting ready for a season. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we had our main camp last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God this thing didn't move in when we had, oh. you know, 80, 85 kids in town and, and on the ice playing hockey when this thing hit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
Um, you know, it's hard to answer that question, Trent, because, you know, we're still, you know, we're actually right now about 24 hours into this whole ordeal. It hit about 24 hours ago. Um, but we've made some significant strides on, on cleanup, uh, both inside and outside the arena. Uh, as you can imagine, there's been a lot of phone calls, uh, with insurance companies mm-hmm. and, and cleaning services. And then of course, uh, any, anyone that wants to help out with uh, roof repair and, <laughs> and all the other services that are out there. So, um, you know, we've been mitigating that to the best of our ability. Uh, I went back to my call list yesterday. I had over 70 phone calls alone just yesterday. Jeez. Uh, on this whole thing. So uh, it's a work in progress. I mean, I, I can't put a timeline on it. Um, but, you know, our home opener is October 24th. Uh, preseason typically starts in September. But, if you know, at the end of the day, if, if we miss two preseason games and have to play them somewhere else, we can – We'll we'll take that as long as we can uh, be up and ready to go for, for our opening night. But, so uh, t- timeline to be determined, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 got to be uh... – you know, you just don't know, right? So if indeed, Nate, if, if you can't be ready, does Wells Fargo make sense? Have you got to that point yet? I know that this is, it's like, it's not even 24 hours for the most part, or just about 24 hours. Have you got to the point where you're starting to look for alternate venues, if worst case scenario, that you can't be ready for opening night? No, we haven't got there yet, but we've had internal discussions uh, amongst the ownership group and, and myself on, you know, and head coach and general manager Peter Menino on, you know, what course of action we would even look into. Uh, I'll, I'll know, I think I'll know a lot more here in the next uh, day or two on what the outlook of the arena looks like. Um, you know, once once we really get into the, the inspection part of it and actually start evaluating, you know, how much damage was done and, and, the, and what the structure looks like now. And, and so, you know, it's probably a little premature to have those mm-hmm. conversations. Um, so I would say that, you know, depending on those, on what those inspections look like, um, and then the conversations that come out of that, uh, if we need to, if we need to look at, you know, a, a different venue to at least get a couple games in to start the season. Um, I, I think there's some options out there with Wells Fargo, as you mentioned, you know, obviously probably be on the, on the phone, on the call list, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to contact and, and then, uh, you know, maybe even looking up at Ames, Iowa, they got mm-hmm. a device up there too. So. Um, those are just initial conversations that we had, but obviously we want to get this thing fixed, repaired, and up and running so we can play hockey here in Buccaneer Arena. Yeah, but the AHL's not going to start till I think the first week in December. I think the 4th of December is what I saw, so right. there is some time in there. Nate, so you said the word structure, so it's more than maybe just shingle. Is there potentially structure damage to the building? Hard to say, Ken. I mean, I mean, you got 60 years of, of you know wear and tear on, on yeah. the building, and you know, just looking at the pieces that were laying in the parking lot, there's a lot of layers to that. And uh, uh, so it's going to take someone a lot smarter than me to get up there and, and take a look at everything and make sure that, you know, everything is still structurally sound. And if it is, then all we have to do is slap a new roof on it, then, you know, we're optimistic that we can start hitting deadlines. But if, uh, you know, there was a lot of water that was coming in this thing, mm. and um, you know, and who knows what else, you know, it gets exposed. But um, you know, I'm hoping, obviously we're hoping for the best. Um, and it's, it's still, you know, way early in the process. I'll know more in a couple of days. Well, Nate, you, uh, of course, dealing with this in the roof over there at Buccaneer Arena. Also, there's this little thing called a pandemic that's happening and <laughs> your guys' season <laughs> ended early last year in March. You're trying to get ramped back up. Where is the USHL as a whole and you guys, as you plan 
for the 2020-21 schedule? Uh, everything as of today uh, on, the, on the phone is we're still looking at an October start time. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussions. Uh, as you guys know, our league is, is pretty widespread. Uh, we cover towns from all the way out in Youngstown, Ohio, as, as far east as Youngstown to as far west as uh, Kearney, Nebraska, and as far north as Fargo. And so that covers a lot of square miles. I can tell you that, uh, you know, we're, gonna, we, we, we're going to an adjusted schedule this year, so we're going to more of a regional matrix. Mm. Uh, well, we'll just play, you know, the Iowa teams and then uh, mo- the majority of the, all the teams in our in our division. And uh, that'll exclude us going up to Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, and uh, Ohio. So uh, from a travel standpoint, that really helps us a lot. It, it really um, takes down the amount of overnight trips that we're going to have to endure. Uh, a lot of day trips, which is obviously good, less time in the hotels and that sort of thing. So, um but as of today, you know, we're still operating as if October 24th for us is is going to be opening uh, home opening weekend, and then opening weekend would be the first weekend of October with the league. Mm. Yeah, those long bus trips out to Michigan, right? That's junior hockey it, uh, in a nutshell. It's, uh, yeah. I love it. I love yeah. that part of it. Nate Toita is our guest. So, Nate, uh was it actually raining inside the building? Could you, I mean, I guess the power was probably out, but you could, uh, you would get wet if you were standing on the ice or some parts inside Buccaneer Arena yesterday? You know, the funny thing is we never did lose power. Really? Um, wow. No. Yeah, we've, we've had power the whole time, uh, which even makes it a little bit, you know, uh, more disconcerting in the fact that it was, it felt like it was raining. It was, I'll call it more of a cascade. Uh, down the mm-hmm. roof and then yeah. through all the little nooks and crannies and uh yeah we had some some significant dripping going on to the ice we actually have ice in right now uh so um you know it caused some staining and that sort of thing but uh you know overall we we tried to mitigate everything we can i was shoving garbage cans under the major league and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff but uh you know um we we did a really good job of getting the water uh, removed and sucked up and uh, with the cleaning service that we brought in to help with that. And so actually today when you walk down there, it looks it looks really good in the concourses and up in the stands and all that kind of stuff. So uh, luckily uh, we were able to extract a lot of that water pretty quickly. Good stuff, Nate Toit. Uh, disappointing, obviously, that, uh, that you guys are going through this, but... Um... Sounds like it could have been worse, and we'll cross our fingers and hope that you guys will be ready by the uh, 24th weekend. Nate, uh, if anything pops up, you need airtime uh, that you want to uh, reach an audience, uh, you're certainly welcome to do so uh, during this time slot. Thank you, Nate Toit. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the support of the Bucks, and uh, hopefully we're playing hockey in October. You're here. Good to hear. Absolutely. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Nate Toit, president of the uh, Des Moines Bucks. So it could have been worse, but boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, yeesh. It's just, it's so old, Trent. You just wonder if, yeah. I, I hate, I, I don't want to think. I love those old bars. Oh, so, so many great ones. So many fun ones. Bring back tons of memories. I haven't me. been back to Buccaneer Arena in the last couple of years either. Just yeah. need to get back there. Right, yeah. Some of those Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Have way too many beers. Yeah. <laughs> Go across the street afterwards over to, what's the name of that place? Well, it used to be, Peralta Now you were there like a whole bunch. <sighs> Ridgemont? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good pull. It's not. There. It's it's no longer owned by our our, our friends. Uh, uh, at the uh, what's the name of the place? Oh, right off the interstate two thirty five. 
right behind the gas station. Oh my god, two thirty-five, two thirty-five and, th- and thirty-five, and it's the it's a huge bar. It's the Cyclone Bar. It's uh, yes, in Ankeny. No, no, no uh, two thirty-five in West Des Moines. Two thirty-five West Des Moines. It's right across the street from Mediacom. Almost, it's the cake stand. Keg stand. Oh yeah. It's, oh, I didn't know that was Greenies. That was Greenie. Yeah, for for oh. that was his. I think his first. Really? Yeah, that's where I met him for the first time. But the Ridgemont, that's a good hockey bar. I had a uh, breakfast uh, a couple weekends ago at Eggs and Jam, his breakfast place. Right? Yeah, oh, it's so good. Again. Is it? He does a great job. Yeah, him and his wife. They're uh, they got uh, I think two or three different. places. So he used now. to own that one. Okay. He did. That yeah. was that's where I first met well, him. Well, I, I helped him out because I spent uh, a couple bucks in that place a time or two. Is that right? Those Friday night. What was it? Is it like dollar beer or something oh, that they I used to have remember. at Buccaneer Arena? Oh, boy. Oh, at Buccaneer Arena, yeah. yes, yes. And go across the street afterward. Uh-huh. Those would be some rough Saturdays waking up after that. A little drunk outside when you left, huh? Ooh. But you had a, you didn't, you weren't driving, so no, that's, not that's at the all. key. Uh, Zuba Mahente will join Trent and I next. Before we get to that point, though, KXNO and iHeart would like to give you an opportunity to help you with your bills. Text the keyword love to 200 200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. Love to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Miller and Condon, till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Today. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon approaching 1130 on a Tuesday with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Zubin Mahente, it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken to our friend ESPN's Zubin Mahente. He's been a busy guy. Zubin, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How's rehearsal going, Zubin? Starting tomorrow morning, I was kind of in the Matt Rudy situation. I was listening to your podcast <laughs> on the way driving down from my uh, place in Connecticut to my new place here. And uh, we didn't have power for about four days, so he was also a little worse off than I was. Uh. He said he was out of power for five. It was a brutal storm, but we're ready to go. We'll be in there at 5 a.m. tomorrow to meet. We'll pretend like it's all good at 6 o'clock. We'll start it. We'll do it Thursday and Friday as well. We'll have the weekend off, and we'll be raring to go. We're going to really enhance the TV product. That's going to be a big part of this. The podcast will drop every day, every hour, and there's a ton of promotion coming for it. And uh, it's a little heady for me, you know, <laughs> having done one job for nine years with the guys I grew up watching and the gals I grew up watching and admiring was awesome. But when they gave me the opportunity, you guys might find this funny because you know my instincts and tendencies over the years. When I got the job, uh, one of my old bosses wrote me a note and it simply said, and it made me chuckle. And it was a little bit of a dig at me, but I understood it. We're, we're going to have some fun. The note said, hopefully the brevity of the four-hour format won't affect you. So that's probably me in a nutshell right there. So we're ready to go on Monday with Key and Jay. We've been talking, texting, and Key's just been saying, save it for the air, save it for the air. We'll have a lot of energy Monday morning. It's also the start of the NBA playoffs, and we'll have plenty to discuss um, as well. So we'll just wait for college football, hopefully the NFL, and hopefully we'll be ready to go Monday. Zubin, as you prepare and you get ready, Radio, there's an element that you want to have very structured, but there's also an element that you just want to go at it. Working with two guys that you know but don't know their day in, day out, 
what's going to be the cues, how you're going to get through things. You talk about you're going through rehearsals and getting ready for it, but when you flip on that mic for the first time and, and you kick things off, what still concerns you leading into Monday? Well, I've actually, you guys know me, I'm a little bit of a worry wart, so I've been thinking for weeks since we've gotten the show and then it was announced what the first words are going to be, mm-hmm. how we're going to introduce these guys. you got to remember, we're all of kind of the same age range. Ken, you're a little bit older, whatever the age of your listeners are. Next year will be 25 years since Key was the number one overall pick in the 96 draft. There's a lot of people that don't know Key. He, just, he has a one-month-old son. He's 48 years old. He's going to be 50 in a couple of years. So we need to properly reintroduce him. Yeah, he played for the Jets and the Cowboys, and that might ring a bell, USC. Uh, Jay is 38. And Jay's been one of the first people that's going to talk about his accident. We've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of calls with a lot of media, and uh, it's been brought up. I'm really surprised to see how cathartic he's been on it. People say, look, you know, they think of me as a pro athlete. They don't realize that accident was two years in. I barely was a pro athlete. So you can see some of that stuff. It's definitely the most diverse lineup on any radio network. It's probably the youngest we've ever had and the youngest and diverse at least at ESPN. I don't think we're going to be boring. I think we're going to be bold. You know, this is 2020. Nobody's really afraid to say anything anymore because there aren't really any consequences for that much, especially if you're authentic and genuine uh, with your takes. So I actually think, Trent, in a way, not knowing each other, somebody had asked me this earlier uh, last week, and I just said I actually think it might be to our advantage. I have no idea what these guys are going to say. There'll be a level of spontaneity and organic debate. And I think when you have a debate, whether it's you two or any two people that are talking about sports, cutting each other off, interrupting each other, that's just the flow of regular conversation. On TV, we're much more structured and playing it right down the middle, and I do this, and Kenny Main does that, and then I'll do this. That's all planned out beforehand. But in the radio world, like you said, it'll be totally ad-libbed, organic, and uh, we'll be ready to go. We'll have, hopefully, a bunch of things to talk about. But right now, we're kind of crossing our fingers on that, as you know. So, you know, go back to Jay Williams, uh, the, the, the motorcycle accident that you're referring to, Zubin. I mean, he's the... He was a top five, right? I mean, when like, where, where did he go in the draft? Second, third, fourth? He went number two number in two. the 2002 draft. That's another one of our hooks, Ken. We got a number one overall pick and a number two yeah, that's overall right. pick. And I went undrafted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we at least have those two guys. So, so the, uh, the, the motorcycle accident obviously brought to a halt uh, what could have been, I mean, he was terrific at Duke, mm-hmm. right? He was just a phenomenal basketball player. What does he, how does he think his career would have gone, Zubin? Have you ever talked to him about that? What if, and it's a big if for him because he had his career taken away from him uh, that night of the motorcycle accident. What if, what kind of player would he have been? What kind of career does he think he would have had? I think he would have had a really good one because of the way he was tracking. So I know, Trent, you're a big high school sports guy, not just locally but nationally. You know, he was McDonald's All-American. Mm-hmm. He made the high school All-American team in 98-99. That catapulted him to Duke where he won the John R. Wooden Award, given to the best college basketball player in the country. And then, obviously, he was the second overall pick on a rebuilding bull squad. So his track record seems to indicate huge success in high school, followed that up in college, a national champion, a Wooden Award winner. He was part of one of the great college comebacks. You might remember this of the last 25, 30 years. Duke down 10 to Maryland with one minute to go when they were playing at the old ACC. Down 10 with one Hmm. minute to go, and they won the game back then. That was almost 20 years ago. Um, I think he would attract to have a good career, but I'll tell you, the first time we got the show, and he called me, called me shortly after it was announced because we didn't really do any of this as a triumvirate. They hired Key first, and then kind of we were hired separately and came together. Thankfully, I'd worked a lot of college basketball with Jay over the years, but Jay said to me, look, man, I'm way more than a ball player. I kind of knew that having hung out with him a lot doing college basketball. 
he kind of gives him a little bit of grief because he's a corporate geek guy. And, you know, he doesn't like that. He's going to have a little Barkley to him, I promise you. He's going to be blunt. He's going to be direct. But with Jay, he's obviously more than a ball player in the sense that he's tied in with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman, who's Kevin Durant's agent. And he's really well connected on social media. I'm not really great in that area. As you know, but <laughs> you're non-existent in that area, Zubin. <laughs> That's true. I probably you probably need to tamp it down to what you said. Um, but it's one of those things where I think we're really going to use these guys' reach uh, to help the show. As you know, the sports talk audience is pretty homogenous, no matter what market it is. And when I go to a game or watch a game or uh, talk to sports fans, they're of all stripes, all men, women, Asian, black, Latino, Hispanic, whatever. And uh, that doesn't really reflect in the sports talk radio ratings really anywhere. Uh, in the country, to be honest with you. Um, but I see sports fans of all those stripes of games everywhere, whether I worked in New Jersey, Iowa, Denver, wherever it was. Um, there's sports fans cut across all racial and economic lines. And so we may be uniquely qualified to bring some of those people to the uh, to the table as well, because I think it's also fair to say this is probably one of the more unique combinations uh, in sports talk radio. So, Zubin, i got a question for you, a little inside baseball, if you will. I, I love Mike and Mike in its infancy. Uh, it was a different kind of national radio than I was used to at the time. I loved how much football talk they had compared to some of the other uh, outlets that were out there at the time nationally. But as it evolved, as it became more of a TV product, I, I felt it lost something. And as you know, I'm a big radio guy. When you get this show going, is this going to be a television show that's on ESPN Radio? Or is this going to be a radio show that they happen to simulcast on TV? I think you're going to be happy considering what your influences are, that it's going to be the latter. Because everybody running this, essentially from the executive level on down, um, is radio. Now, there is a TV component to it because, obviously, most radio shows uh, are on in some way, shape, or form nationally syndicated. For example, Mike Greenberg's returning to radio in this new format starting Monday at noon Eastern time. He'll be on ESPN News. So. Many of the shows are going to be on some sort of television outlet just because we do have eight TV networks and there is an opportunity uh, to fill. But I do think it's primarily going to be a radio show. The one tendency, Trent, where I'll tell you if you want to go a little inside baseball, the one tendency where it's going to look like TV is going to be the pace. If you watch Mike Greenberg's current show, Get Up, which is our ESPN morning show, it's a lot of pace, it's a lot of topics, it's a lot of things. We're moving, we're not stalling, the interviews aren't particularly long. Everything is move, 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 go, 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 so we can make sure we can get to as many topics as the viewers or the listeners are interested in and we don't want to get bogged down. So I would say it's going to be a radio show primarily. The audience is going to be pretty big on the radio versus television, but we're also going to have some TV tendencies as in to keep the show moving. Had an opportunity to spend almost an hour, I think it was like 54 minutes with Greeny. Uh, the other day we just talked, I spent a couple of times talking to Trey Wingo, some long conversations just about what to expect. We know there'll be some criticism out of the gate because, let's be honest, there's only really three people, three, four people that have ever sat in the chair doing mornings on ESPN Radio since ESPN Radio started in 1998 with one affiliate in Chicago, second to Norfolk. Hmm. Mike, Mike, and Trey did a great job. Mike's son did a great job. They got us to 375 affiliates. Tony Bruno was on in the morning way back in the day, the old school radio listeners. So there haven't been a lot of people that have sat in these chairs. We're fortunate enough to do it. I told you know plenty of people I was stunned when they called me and offered me the opportunity. I was thrilled to accept it. Um, and I kind of realized that we're probably going to be able to grab the loyalty of the viewers, mostly because they've been loyal to the people that came before us. And if Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick, and I think those two guys, especially Golick, is you know 
Um, he's Mount Rushmore ESPN Radio. He predated yep. Mike and Mike. When we started yep. in 98, he was there. So um, those guys did a great job. The viewers stuck with us. The listeners stuck with us. And hopefully we can just carry on the tradition here. I think that would be our goal. If we're half as successful as Mike, as Mike and Mike, we'll take it. But we can't be Mike and Mike because we're completely different people. Uh, Zubin Mahente is our guest. Uh, Zubin, what's, um, what's the consensus I don't know if, if there might not be one, but what's kind of the chatter, the back and forth regarding college football and the likelihood it does or doesn't happen uh, with, with some of the people at ESPN and then contingency plans? Have you reached that point? I know you're not in programming, but man, Ozubin, I don't have to tell you or anybody in this audience uh, how much college football airs on ESPN on so many nights and so many parts of the day. Uh, so what's, first of all, what's the thought? Is it or isn't it? And how different? difficult is it going to be and then just going forward with some of the programming decisions that would have to be made if indeed there isn't yeah i mean i think first and foremost we especially adam rittenberg i know you had on your show recently i actually spoke to him over the weekend on sports center and he kind of mentioned you guys uh he knows i'm from iowa and heather dinich our two reporters mark slayball are all have been reporting as you know over the last probably 72 hours since sunday 48 72 hours that we're trending in a bad direction and we'll wait to see exactly what happens. I mean, you got week zero still technically planned for August 29th, but we'll see. And I don't think it looks very optimistic at all. Everybody has sort of been saying we're just sort of waiting for a domino to fall perhaps today when the Big Ten presidents meet. We'll see exactly what goes on with regards to that. But obviously, I can only just follow the reporting that we've been putting out there and most people have been following since Sunday night uh, when those three reporters essentially said it's looking absolutely dire so i don't have anything to really add to that other than that those guys are really boots on the ground and i think a lot of people have been picking up their reporting as for us it's really hard to say my only guess would be obviously what are we going to do all day saturday you're Uh right we do have one game on tuesday with the mac which we might be able to fill with something else and obviously there would be a thursday night game as well in a three-hour window uh saturday would be a huge concern but the only thing I would say that would make me optimistic, and I'm not even sure if contingencies are underway or if there's some sort of pipe dream that the season can be saved in some way, shape, or form, especially with other teams saying that they'd be willing to play other teams out of conferences like Scott Frost that salvaged some games. I don't know what that would do. But, you know, from mid-March until basically when baseball began on, what was it, uh, the 23rd, right? So it's one of those things where you look at it and you say to yourself, um, we didn't have NBA Major League Baseball, college basketball, champ week was cut off. And we were able to somehow still, not effectively, and the ratings were obviously down, uh, but we were able to still effectively from March all the way through June or late June. So we're kind of in a situation now where uh, at least we're not trying to fill seven days a week, right? We would primarily be trying to fill one day a week. But it's tough because ESPN is identified with college football. I think in some ways we have as much equity in college football as we do in any other sport. It was very encouraging to see how well the PGA did over the weekend on both cable Mm -hmm. and broadcast. It was one of the most successful ones on cable in the last decade. So, um, again, not having these live events hurts, but it's one of those situations where I do feel because we've been able to fill for months, for seven days, we're going to have to now fill effectively um, for one day a week. But that one day is so important to what we do. NFL maybe uh, looking at those Saturdays and saying, hey, we can move a game there. <laughs> we can help you. <laughs> we uh, we can certainly put it and maybe uh, create another window and a little bit more money coming into the coffers of the NFL. Of course, without fans going to be in the stands, at least initially here. 
when you look at the NFL, Zubin, they're practicing, they're going through training camp, and at least at this point we haven't heard any big outbreak or anything like that. What's the likelihood? Could you see any scenario short of a massive outbreak here that would shut down the NFL for this season? I don't. I just think if you take a look at the four major pro sports, there is nobody more hell-bent at playing than the NFL. And if they look at the other three major pro sports and say they are continuing, granted they are in a bubble, and the NBA, I mean, look, if we get to October 13th, October 13th would be Game 7 of the NBA Finals, so the winner would be in the bubble for two and a half to three months. The playoffs start on Monday. I think the NFL looks at that and says it's apples to oranges because they're in a bubble or not. Canada has a double bubble with hockey, and they have 10% of the United States population. Again, it's apples to oranges. If Major League Baseball, as I'm sure you saw the story today, if they were to get into a playoff bubble, which is more manageable than a bubble right now, I think the NFL looks at it and says, yeah, they have some parameters that we can't possibly undertake, 32 teams with 53-man rosters. Similar to what Manfred said, it's hard to do it with the 28 guys right now on each roster. But you're in a situation where I just think they are more determined to play. Their revenue hit would be right now if we don't have fans and we do have games. Think about this. Right now, the revenue hit would be about 3 to $4 billion. That's if the season were to go off and the TV mm-hmm. money were to come in. They would lose all the individual concessions and everything that each local team and each local market has going for it. So 3 to $4 billion in a $15 billion industry, and that's just if the games are played on television. Obviously, if the games aren't played on television, and then you've got a hit that even something like the NFL would be tough to absorb and swallow. So I think they go just because... I do believe they have a runway. It's September 10th. We might know something different about the virus next week, the week after that. And I'm a big, big believer. If you have a runway, use it. For example, the college basketball season start, doesn't start till November 10th. Seems unlikely that if we don't have college football, we won't have college basketball. But if you're telling me we have until November 10th to make that decision and more data comes in, things get better, hopefully things don't get worse. If you have a little bit of room to make a decision, I don't think there's need to rush. Remember, the NFL is always traveling on charter. This isn't like traveling commercial. People can get places quickly. The infrastructure is set. Stadiums are set. Practice facilities are available. So I do believe that they're going to make every attempt to do it. One, because they want to do it. Two, there's no risk in trying it really. Uh, three, it's one of those situations where if you have the runway to sit there and wait and wait and wait, why not cancel it? a week before. I don't think canceling the season today does anything for anybody. Cancel it on September 3rd. Cancel it on the 4th. I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting. People just want to give people plaudits for being out in front and being cautionary and doing all that stuff. But you and I both know the truth is this. And we're tied in with every league at ESPN, but the absolute truth is this. If I hear one more person say, it's all about the welfare, well-being, I'm going to take care of your son, take care of your daughter. <laughs> it's all about keeping you safe, and there's nothing more important than that. Every time I see a press release, I see every one of those phrases in there. But the truth is simple. Nobody wants to say it. But if it was all about public health, and we work in a 24-7 sports network, if it was all about public health, there would be no games, and that would be the end of the story right there. Zubin Mahente from ESPN. Zubin, great stuff. What times the alarm go off Monday morning? Well, I used to go to bed at 3 a.m. Now the alarm's <laughs> going to go off at 3 a.m. So it's just a matter of being by the alarm when it goes off. We'll get in there about 3.30. We'll meet at 5. And we'll hit the air Monday morning at 6 a.m. And uh, 
raring to go. Zubin, uh, best of luck to you. Uh, I, I understand, obviously, if this changes next week anyways, I'm sure you might have some post-show meetings to attend to, but uh, hopefully it'll work out that you can continue to join us in this time slot uh, as you're a great benefit to the show. Thank you, Zubin. Best of luck, my friend. Thanks. Look forward to it. I'll see you next week. Take care, Zubin. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Zubin Mahente from ESPN. So the show airs locally from 5 until 6 and then again from 8 until 9. That's how that's well, how it yeah, works yeah. in yep. Des Moines. Yep. That's how it works in Des Moines. Not, it's not on from 6 until 8. Gotcha. It's 5 to 6 <laughs> and then 8 to 9. And make sure you're at KXNL. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish things up, rooting for Zubin. He's such a good guy. Yes, he is. He really and truly is. Uh, we'll come back, finish up the program. Miller and Condon until noon. 1460 KXNO 101. Bash! Woohoo! Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes here. Trent takes off the next three days. How's your harmonica playing? Not good. No? You don't got it like Neil? No. He's, a fine, a, he's a fine Winnipegger. That's yes, about all is. I have in common with him. I might take my uh, harmonica. You actually me. play yeah, the harmonica? No, I do not <laughs> play the harmonica. My dad got me one for Christmas one year. What the hell am I going to do with this? <laughs> really? That's a regift, Trent. Just, just it. Probably, is, I hate yeah. to, yeah. I hate to uh, spoil it. Um, so you're off to where in Colorado? Going to Estes Park. Uh huh. I've it, never been to Colorado before, outside of layovers on my way to Vegas. Uh huh. So I know nothing about the state. Bring I've never a, made the drive. Bring plenty of money to Estes Park. Now this is when you know it's rolling. I'm mm-hmm. not sure yeah. if the prices have come down during this time. Or, look, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. I love living in Col- Well, I lived in Aurora, a okay. suburb of Denver. Um, but I've been to Estes Park. It's beautiful. It's, it's nice. You'll like it. Let's get away. Uh-huh. We'll see. Cool so, nights. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got the uh, got the sweatshirt, sweatpants, just Good. in case it gets a little chilly in there. But yeah, I got a cabin for four days mm-hmm. and just going to relax a little bit with the Good. family. We, You know, you can really relax. It's legal in Colorado if you really want to take relaxing to the next level. You know, the last time I, I've had that kind of relaxation uh-huh. Eighteen years ago? Wow, it was eight thirty for me. I, I know what you. Well, not this it. morning. I mean, you're right, all the right. way back yesterday. Right. We're talking about fifteen hours ago. Right. For you, yeah, just one of those things that yeah. never clicked. Uh huh. We'll see. We'll see. Why not? Uh, probably not with a five and one year old. Yeah, probably. Yeah, not. maybe that'll that'll be so drive, a load trip. Drive to Carney and then you zoom into yeah. Uh, and you're going to be there. So Wednesday, when when do you start making your way back? We're just going to make it one shot on Sunday. I'm, it's doable. That's where it's, I'm it's concerned. It's not bad. It's ten and a half hours with a five and a one year old. Though. Well, I did it by myself. Right. That's where the concern still lies. But we'll make it. Yeah. And if not, you can do the show Monday by yourself. Well, just let me know. I'll let you know. Um, I'll give you more than like a, a ten minute head start no, too. Those are the worst. Oh man. Absolutely. Some hammered. horror stories. Just yes. bombed out of his mind. You know what? You're better off just stay away. Yeah. Uh, well, have a, have a wonderful time. What Thank are you, you going there for? Just vacation. Nice. Just getting away. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a family vacation since we started here a year and a half ago. So right. the time is now, right? Well, enjoy yourself. Thank you. Enjoy having the microphone to yourself for three days. I'm going to talk some hockey tomorrow I know morning. You are. Poultice, we're gonna have sip in here, grab Bama, Cap, all oh, the gang's all here. You have a wonderful time. Drive Thank safe you. and I'll see you on Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Thank you for being with us. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays ten to noon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty and one oh six point three FM.